Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Uh, uh, it's good to be here. Been a while since they let me preach. Donnie says I preach false doctrine all the time. That's the problem. Anyway... Appreciate Donnie and Lisa. Glory to God. Been friends for a long, long time. And uh, just appreciate them. I appreciate what God is doing. Bringing back people. And, uh, and uh, not just bringing them back, but on fire for God. Living for God. And so God is going to help us. God is going to help uh, uh, Pastor Campbell here and uh, our church. Uh, our church is doing really good. you got to excuse uh, my voice. I don't know, I've had a sore throat for about a year now. Uh, but uh, our church is doing really good. My wife and I, my name is Roy. My wife's name is Isabel. We're pastoring in Phoenix. Uh, we were put there a few years ago, I mean, a year and six, seven months ago. And uh, God has really helped our church. We got a church, all Hispanic. Uh, and so God is really helping us. We're getting ready to take a guerrilla team to Mexico City. And so uh, I'm excited about going there. Uh, the pastor told me as soon as we get off, we're going to get on the metro. That's like the subway. We're going to preach. Uh, and so I'm excited about what God is doing there in Phoenix. Uh. Bienvenido en esta tarde, todo, toda la raza. Gloria, Señora. Aleluya. Me llamo Rogelio Sublaski. Estamos aquí para servirle. Pero les queremos decir que el Señor se va a mover y se está moviendo. Y les pido que soporten a esta iglesia. Soporten el pastor Campbell, al pastor Eddie y Juanita. Amen. Les pido que lo soportan y que hagan algo para Dios. Aleluya. Gloria a Dios. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. I just told them that where all your keys were to your cars. <laughs> For all you folks that don't understand Spanish. Amen. I'm just kidding. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 14. Now I want to preach on God's purposes because I want to tell you something that God, amen, what he says he's going to do. And a lot of times we don't want to hear that because in our minds we want to do what we want to do. But God has a purpose for his church. God has a purpose for your life. I don't care if you've been saved, uh, amen, 25, 30 years. I've been saved going on 21 years now. And I want to tell you, God still challenges me every day. Every day he still challenges me to do what he wants me to do. And so uh, in Isaiah here, uh, he is talking about how he's going to bless Israel. And it doesn't matter what, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's put it in terms today. It doesn't matter what Saddam Hussein says. Uh, amen. God is going to bless Israel. No matter what anybody thinks, uh, God is going to bless Israel. And so here in verse 24, Isaiah chapter 14 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. Uh, 
as, and as I have purpose, so shall it stand. That I will break the Assyrian in my hand, in my land, upon my mountains, tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from them, from off them, and his burden depart from off their shoulders. This is a purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth, and it is, and this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who shall who and who shall disannul it? And His hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? Let's pray. Father, I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you'd open up the ears of your people, God, and I thank you for this time and this opportunity. Amen. And like I said this more uh, this evening, it's a privilege to be able to come. And minister here, especially in your home church, uh, where you have learned everything. Uh, and so uh, I counted a privilege, and I pray that Pastor Campbell asked me back. Uh, but, uh, amen, when I first got saved, listen, my, when I first got saved, it was because my life was falling apart. How many can say amen to that? My life had been turned upside down. Uh, amen. Uh, all the thoughts, uh, all the foundations, all my ideas that I had built. Uh, amen. Because of this world, because of the things that happened in this world, uh, all those foundations in my life before I got saved begin to crumble, begin to fall apart. Uh, everything that I had, that I thought was that was solid. Everything uh, that I put effort into uh, began to fall apart. Uh, but I want to tell you the reason why, uh, amen, those things became to, to crumble uh, is because God had a purpose. God, amen, was calling me to salvation. He was calling me uh, unto a little building, uh, a little building on Sacramento Street there, uh, amen, where there was 35 people. And God had a purpose, uh, amen, because he wanted to do something in my life. And that's the way it is uh, this evening here with you. God has a purpose for your life. Uh, I remember when I got saved. It wasn't nothing, just kind of, just a, a, a little, you know, altar thing that I just came and got saved. But I want to tell you, the Spirit of God had touched my life. The Holy Ghost had convicted me. And I want to tell you, when I got saved, I got saved. And not only did I got saved, amen, get saved, but Bob Corbo and a lot of men, Ron Cass, a lot of these men that have been around here, they also got saved. And so one of the things that we must understand is that God will use upheaval. God will use, uh, amen, uh, crisis in your life uh, to bring revival to the church. As I was in Home Depot today, I was walking around there and I was telling myself, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop for a minute. And I'm, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about a, the sniper. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm terrified. I know he lives in Virginia somewhere, but I said there can be another one here in Chandler. And I'm looking at the buildings. I'm looking around. Not only that, but in the last year, we have seen that our lives have been turned upside down by, by all kinds of things that have happened. And so first of all this evening, I want to examine with you uh, the means of revival. God will use uh, anything he has to to bring revival to his church. If you're going through a problem, maybe it's because God uh, wants to shake you, wants to wake you up this evening. Can you say amen? 
And so uh, I want to look at the means of revival, and that is counter-reacting spiritual decline. This is God's purpose, amen. Uh, and so let's examine revival. Let's examine awakening or shakening because God has always purpose, uh, amen, and has progress uh, through a sudden mighty movement uh, of the Holy Ghost. You see, mankind has not advanced, listen, by evolution, but mankind has advanced uh, by a revelation, uh, and that is the revelation of a suddenly or a sudden upheaval of society. Since the beginning of time, listen, many changes have taken place rapidly and has gotten the, the attention of people's lives. Uh, from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, uh, we can read about Adam and Eve. They're in this place. Uh, they're in the garden. Everything is perfect. We were talking about it the other day, my wife and I. And she was saying, you know what? Eve must have been really, really, really beautiful because God made her perfect. And I said, yes, she was. But you know what? As they're there in the garden, as everything is perfect, as, amen, they got it all that they need, yet she sins. And then all of a sudden, they find themselves out of the garden. They find themselves having to work. They find themselves having to sweat. And then, amen, they have to take knowledge about the things of God. We see when Israel was in Egypt for 400 years. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, God rose up, uh, Moses, uh, and began to shake the, the, the very things of Pharaoh's life. Uh, we know that the plagues came. Uh, we know that upheaval came. I was reading it the other day uh, about the plagues of lice, the plagues of frogs, uh, the plagues of flies, uh, and then finally, uh, amen, the plague of the firstborn being killed. Uh, and it was after that uh, that God's people, amen, were able to go out and worship God and it brought revival. Are you listening? We see throughout history of the church that the, that the revolutionary, these revolutionary scenes, the Inquisition, how many remember the Inquisition in 1492, amen, where they, the, the, the Catholic Church began to kill Christians and Christians are having to hide uh, and having to hide in Italy in the catacombs there uh, hiding all over. Uh, amen. We see, uh, amen, uh, as in the book of Judges, you can read it yourself that in those times the church was in crisis. You see, throughout all the history of the church, amen, God has used upheaval. God has used uh, chaos to bring revival to the church. When Jesus was born, everything was fine until Jesus was born. And then they begin to kill the babies. Are you listening to me? And we know that sounds evil. We know that sounds tragic. But listen to me, God, uh, church. Uh, God uh, shakes his church. Amen. I'm going to get amen out of you. He shakes his church, uh, amen, uh, because he has a purpose for it. Uh, and out of those upheavals, uh, amen, I have seen that God, uh, amen, has lifted up men. Uh, God has lifted up couples. Uh, and he is, uh, amen, like, it, it's like when all hell breaks loose, excuse me, it's like Holy Ghost disciples uh, are raised up. Amen? Holy Ghost men rise up. Many would ask, why does God permit upheaval or disaster 
or tragedy, amen, to bring progress in the church. Uh, why can't he just save, uh, you know, amen, just one person at a time, uh, amen? Why can't he just, you know, save people and don't let things happen? But listen, revival or upheaval is God's method, method in working in the church to counterreact spiritual decline and create a, moment, a momentum. Amen? You see, if God could keep his church on fire, if God could keep men and women on the edge of pioneering, on reaching the world and doing something for God, if God could do that without, amen, upheaval, he would. But how many know that the church has always has a tendency to cool off? Amen. I've been saved 21 years, going on 22, uh, and I want to tell you there's been lots of times where I like sitting out there, uh, amen, uh, and being cooled off. Come on, church. Somebody say, somebody shout amen. You see, what happens is the churches cool off, people cool off, uh, and they turn the churches into dance halls. They turn the churches into meeting halls. Uh, amen. Uh, and so you see decline and decay is the battle that most churches have to fight. Amen. This was a case in the book of Judges. Turn there with me. This was a case with God's people. They were on fire as long as Joshua was alive. As long as Joshua was living, uh, amen, there was Holy Ghost and fire. But in Judges chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elder that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Verse 10. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. This is why, listen church, this is why in times of spiritual erosion, in times when the church is cold, in times when our lives, amen, seem like we're going nowhere, amen, in times where we have fixed our eyes, amen, upon the world, upon money, upon materialism, amen, God begins to shake the whole world all around us. And the reason why he does this church is because he wants to wean us off the world. Are you listening? I have had to be been weaned off the world. Can you say amen? You see, all these tragedies that has happened in the last hundred years, we see the World War I, we see World War II, amen, we saw the Great Depression, you can read about it, uh, but I want to tell you, it shook the world, but also uh, thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of people came to their knees uh, and gave their life to Jesus. Our fellowship started uh, in the roaring in the roaring twenties, uh, amen. With Amy Simple McPherson, uh, during a time where money was pen was worth pennies, uh, amen. She began to preach uh, and she began to say, uh, amen. You have to repent, uh, and she always said, "I'm doing this because a man will not stand up and do it." Uh, she knew she was not called to preach, but she did it anyway. And God uh, brought revival during the time when there was no money. How many here the term all the time. There's no money now. How many hear that? 
Amen. We've seen the stock market. We saw, amen, world combat, amen, fall. We saw, amen, last year, uh, 911. Uh, and I want to tell you to the world, listen to me. Uh, and if you're involved in the world, all you hear, uh, it's times of Christ. It's times of hopelessness. Uh, it's time, you know, to save our money. It's time to make, find a job that's going to be secure. Uh, amen. But listen to God in times of upheaval. Uh, in times where there's crisis, uh, what to God it is, uh, amen, it's a time to bring momentum to the church. Can you say amen? Some of you are going through a hard time. You don't understand why. God wants to shake you. God wants to put your eyes back on the, amen, on him. In May in this last year, the Time cover magazine, the cover of Time magazine, uh, it had the, the, the figures of the Twin Towers there. And it was the background was black and, and the heading was as America slept. And, you know, I looked at that and I said, you know what? What happens to the church is that, you know what? We sleep. Amen. We sleep as all, all the tragedies that are happening around us, you know, and, and, you know, the, the 911 thing, I figured when that happened, our churches would be packed. That's what I figured. I figured that the Christians would get convicted to, and that they would be there early to pray. Uh, but you know what? Many times our eyes are fixed upon the world. Uh, and you know what? God wants to shake them off. I was uh, reading in the magazine. It says two pastors are stroking the fires of revival in the financial canyons of lower Manhattan. Their flourishing congregations meet in office building and hostels instead of traditional churches. This is an area right around where the Twin Towers were. The area is begging for revival reports. Linton D. Smith, the pastor of Faith Evangelist Ministry and president of Courier Service. I believe God is bringing revival to Wall Street again, he said. Business people spend their Wednesdays lunch hours. They're studying their Bible or listening to testimonies of Christian leaders. Since 911, people are realizing that there is more to life than making money. Are you listening? Amen. And so the thing is, when upheavals in your life, when there's boom and when there's crash and there's all kinds of tragedies happen in your life, listen, God wants you to move. God wants to, amen, the church to move. And we must recognize this church, uh, amen. You see, as a pastor or as a disciple uh, or you're a disciple maker, you have to have momentum. You have to recognize what God is doing in these last days. You have to motivate your people. You have to motivate your disciples. You have to motivate, uh, amen, uh, your wife, your, your husband. I was thinking about the military. When the battle gets heated they don't back away but you know what a good general what he does is that he begins to strategize he begins to put men in certain spots in certain areas amen he knows that there there's going to come a time where he's going to have to press the battle to the gate and he's if he's going to have any kind of victory as a as a disciple maker listen as a disciple when all of hell is coming against you you're going to have to recognize what's going around you and you're going to have to press the battle to the gate can anyone say amen if you don't recognize these times you don't recognize what's happening around you or if you ignore what's happening around you you will miss the move of God 
Let me read you something. It says, there was once an ancient reservoir in the hills that supplied a village community with water. It was fed by a mountain stream and by the overflow from the reservoir. Continued down the stream to the valley below. There was nothing at all remarkable about the stream. It flowed on its quiet way without even disturbing the boulders that lay in its path or the footbridges that crossed in its various points. It seldom overflowed its steep banks or gave the village any trouble. One day, however, some large cracks appeared in one of the walls of the old reservoir. And soon afterwards, the water collapsed. And the waters burst forth down the hillside. They rooted up great trees. They carried along boulders like playthings. They destroyed houses and bridges, all that lay in their path. The stream bed could not contain the volume of water, which therefore flowed over the countryside. Even undating distant dwelling, what had been before ignored or taken for granted, now became an object of awe and wonder and fear. From far and near, people who, in the unusual way, never went near the stream, hastened to see this great thing. Hastened to see what was going on. Uh, and I want to tell you, church, uh, that uh, when upheaval is in our lives, there are two things that can happen. To the natural eye, listen, to the person who is spiritually dead or spiritually blind, when disasters come in their life, uh, when your money fails, uh, amen, when there's famine in the country, uh, amen, to the natural eye or the spiritual dead, uh, amen, he looks at it as hopelessness. Are you listening? He looks at it like, oh my God, God's not there. But let me tell you, to a pastor who has a vision, to a disciple, amen, who is not spiritually blind, but he is spiritually awake, he sees all these things happening around him, he hears about family troubles, he hears about this guy losing this job, he hears about it and he says, you know what, it's time, amen, to get the ball rolling. It's like when... The prophet told his servant to go outside to check and see if it was raining. And he went out there at first and then there was nothing. And then he went out there again. And he said, well, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. You know, one who recognizes the signs of the times, one who recognizes what God is doing will see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Uh, amen. And he can hear the rain. Are you listening? He can hear the rain. He can hear uh, that God is wanting to do something, that God is trying to move uh, in your life. But what happens most of the time uh, when things come against us, we whine and we cry. Amen. In Ezekiel chapter 47, he had a vision of a river flowing from the sanctuary. At first it was to his ankles. Then he found himself swimming in it in revival. Listen to me. Revival is very, very crucial to our churches. Upheaval is very, very crucial to our churches. Because I want to tell you something. That I have seen people sit in church for many years. I have had family members that have neglected Jesus Christ for many years. But when, amen, God permit upheaval to come into their lives. And they found themselves without a job. Or they found themselves facing jail. And those stubborn people that were in church for year after year, when they found themselves in the midst of trouble, amen, I want to tell you what revival does. Revival breaks that spirit of stubbornness, and it brings you to the altar. 
The thing that you said, uh, oh, I'll never change. I'll never be. The, I'll never be what they want me to be. I'll never be what God wants me to do. But you know what? God will use up evil to change you. <laughs> Don't want to hear that. We want to hear blessing. Pastor, preach on blessing. Preach about how much money God's going to give me. Hallelujah. And I like blessing. Amen. I like to get blessed. But at the same time, as a church, we need to understand that God will shake you. In Isaiah 59. Turn there with me. I won't keep you long tonight. I always say that. Isaiah 59 verse 19. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Amen. You see, the enemy might come in. But if you recognize what God is doing, God says, I'll raise up a standard. It's been in times of spiritual revival or tragedies. That most of the forward movements of the church uh, have been born. Some of our best leaders, listen to me. Some of your best men got saved when God shook their boots. When their whole world turned upside down. Some of the best converts that we've had, uh, amen, have been those men that during crisis, uh, amen, uh, they recognized they needed God. Amen. I may need God this evening. I need his presence. I want to look at another thing. And that is God's purpose. And his purpose is the sinner. How many know God loves sinners? That's his purpose, church. No matter what you think, no matter what you think the church ought to be doing, but the church needs to reach out to the sinner. I so appreciate this congregation because Year after year, we have gone out and we have labored. Uh, amen. I remember we took the bilingual out almost every day during the summer. Amen. One year when we were building this building, it was insane. I had him out there. Uh, I mean, dust storms were coming. Do uh, uh, you remember that, Salvador? We, dust storms were coming. And I said, we're going to wait for the dust storm and then go after it leaves. Year after year, this church has gone out and sought for sinners. But you know what? I want to tell you something. That we need God's mercy to catch the sinner. We need God's divine, amen, Holy Ghost conviction to bring down, amen, conviction upon the sinner. I've passed out thousands of flyers. How many have passed out thousands of flyers? Raise your hand. I've stood on the street corner and yelled at cars. The other day we were, we were on the street corner on 43rd Street, 43rd Avenue and in his school, in his school road. Pastor Martinez's church was on one side of the street corner. Pastor James Wolf's church was on the other corner and we were on the other corner. I don't know how it happened, but we were all there. They started out in their own neighborhoods and ended up there. It was awesome. And people did get saved, but I'm talking about fruit, church. I've did lots of plays. I've gone. Uh, I played in bands on most of my saved life, and I've seen lots of people get saved. But you know what? When I got saved, it was like a, there was a Holy Ghost conviction upon this city of Chandler. Are you, are you listening? 
And so, uh, amen, what we need to do is that uh, God needs to hear the church. God needs to hear our cry. Amen. And when the church will get in place, when the church will call out, amen, and get in line with God's will, then will God, amen, touch the conscience of the sinner. Amen. Let me read you something that's kind of strange. Turn with me to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. This caught my attention. Psalm 78, verse 65. Then the Lord awaked as one out of a sleep, and like a mighty man that shouted by the reason of wine, and he smote his enemy in the hinder parts, and he put them in a perpetual reproach. <laughs> I like that. He kicked them in the... And he's talking about, uh, amen, when... God poured out his judgment uh, when they first come out of Egypt. God poured his judgment upon the Philistines. He poured out his judgment upon uh, the Amalekites and the Hittites and whoeverites. Uh, but, amen, uh, God, uh, it, what, what really, really turns me on uh, and what, we, what really got my attention is that it says that then the Lord awakened out out of a sleep. Listen, the reason it says that is because... Uh, God's people begin to cry out to him. If you read the book of Exodus, uh, amen, for 400 years they were under the bondage of Pharaoh. And God's people begin to cry out. They begin to, amen, call for a deliverer, uh, amen. And you know what? Finally they got it right. Uh, and God, uh, amen, put his ear to it. Sometimes if we're going to see the sinner get saved, we've got to get God's attention. Because we can go out there time after time, and unless God, amen, wakes up, and let me read you something else, Psalm 68. Let's read this. Psalm 68, verse 1. It says, Let God arise, let his enemy be scattered, let them also that hate him flee. Let God arise, it says again, without a divine awakening from God, or the stirring of the Holy Ghost conviction upon the sinner, the sinner will never be saved. There's got to be fear in that sinner. Are you listening? We need the help of God. I, have, I get tired of going outreach. How many here ever get tired of going outreach? Am I the only one? We outreach Friday night. We outreach Saturday. And if we got a revival, we'll outreach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, we'll outreach, outreach, outreach. Uh, and I've, I've got, in the last year, I've probably gotten over 300 people saved in Phoenix. Convert cards. Here, you probably got 600 by now. Where are they? Amen. We do our plays. We had, uh, amen, shattered the other day. And what a miracle. Amen. Here's an all white play. All white play. I mean, white as they come. Junior was the only one that said a few things in Spanish. And, and 12 or 15 Mexican people get saved. All Spanish speaking. A miracle, yes. We had a few people come back. We still got people coming back. But you know what? I have seen people get saved time after time and I never seen them again. When I got saved, I remember, uh, amen, before I got saved, there was this horrible, horrible, horrible conviction that fell upon me. 
I remember Bob Alvarez witnessing to me. And there was this horrible conviction where it drove me insane. And it wasn't because he was telling me, Roy, you're going to hell. It wasn't because he was showing me some, you know, Freddy Cougar movies, you know, the big three or, you know, something to scare me. But listen, it was Holy Ghost conviction. It was horrifying. It was insane that I'm looking in the yellow pages to call a psychiatrist because I thought I was going crazy. I'm serious. Tony Wilkins and Bob Alvarez would come over my house uh, and I would be so convicted that I remember leaving. When they would leave, uh, I would go inside and I would cry and I would get down on my knees. uh, Amen. And I would say, take this craziness away from me. But you know what? It was God shaking me and convicting me to bring me to my knees. And when I got saved, uh, it was not uh, this, well, I don't know if I'm going to go to church or not. But when I got saved, because it was Holy Ghost conviction, it was the favor of God to the church. Amen. I said, what do I have to do to stay saved? Not what must I do to be saved, but what do I have to do to be to stay saved? Do I have to clean the church? Do I have to vacuum? Do I have to be on outreach? Do I have to everything? Amen. Hallelujah. I wanted to stay saved. Because there was a Holy Ghost conviction. Are you listening? You see, and it's with these kinds of people that a pastor, it's with these kinds of converts, amen, that we can build churches and we can keep couples on the edge, amen, ready to go pioneer. Holy Ghost conviction. Are you listening? What we need is we need men who say, I'm through with sin. I am through with sin. I'm through with the beer. I'm through with drugs. I'm through with Stephen. I'm through, amen, chasing the women. I'm through, devil. Get out of my life. That's what we need. Can you say amen? Another thing I'm going to close with this is, this is God's purpose, and that is that he rule in your life. God needs to rule in your life. So ask yourself a question this evening. Who is your Godhead this evening? Rock and roll? Pretty simple. Britney Spears? My little girl told me, Dad, Britney Spears not the hot one anymore. It's that girl named Shakia or something. What is it? Huh? Oh, Shakira. See? I told you. Who rules in your life? Who governs your life? Because uh, whoever governs your life is going to cause passion. Amen? You see, it's Satan's strategy to cause upheaval and chaos, but to turn it and use it for rebellion. In the book of Job, listen. In Job chapter 21, let's turn there. Job chapter 21. Job is looking at the sinner. Job 21 verse 14. Therefore they say unto God. He's talking about the sinner. Depart from us. For we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto him? 
If you read before, amen, he's talking about how the sinner has it all. I mean, don't we sometimes we tend, we tend to look at the sinner? We tend to look at his prosperity. We tend to look at his bank account. And we tend to look at all the girls he's got riding around in his car. We tend to look at all the things that they have and it seems okay. And so, amen, here Job is saying, what's, what's, you know, you know, they say they don't even need God. In other words, God rules. God doesn't rule in their life. But God has called you and I to let God rule in our lives. And that means passion, church. That means that when God rules, there's a passion in you. I so dear appreciate my crazy brother, Tony. I say he's crazy. I followed up on him for 10 years. I did. People thought I was crazy. But he comes over to my house and begins to tell me what God is doing in his life. I mean, there's a, you know, and I know Tony for a long time, and some of you do too. Ain't talking about somebody that's an angel. <laughs> He's my friend, I can say that. But every time he gets around me, he has something good to say. I mean, he's full of passion. And I look at him and I said, Man, that's a backslider on fire. <laughs> he got saved about a year ago. And, you know, he's been totally different, man. I, I'm, I'm seeing passion. I'm seeing, I'm seeing aggression. I'm seeing, man, he wants to do something. And, and I, I'm, I, I'm flipping out. But that's what God wants. 45-year-old. Is that right? Oh, excuse me. Try to cut a few years off him. And you know, I'm not tooting nobody's horn, but you know what? Uh, listen, church, uh, amen, we can all have passion. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter what we've done. Uh, if we will let God rule in our lives, let him be our Godhead, uh, amen, uh, God can fill us with his zeal uh, and we can be on fire. Amen. If he, uh, Philippians 2.10, it says that, that, at name, that at every name of Jesus, every knee shall shall bow and things in heaven and earth and under the earth. You see, it's, it's in times past that when God showed the world that he ruled, amen, that people really bowed down to him. But, you know, he doesn't bring fire anymore. And so a lot of us, we just kind of tend to take it lightly. But I want to tell you, God wants Christians, uh, amen, on fire and with passion. I was thinking about Paul, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, but none of these things move me. He says, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course, my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace. Chapter 21, verse 1, verse uh, 13. Let's go on. It says, then Paul answered, what mean you to weep and to break my heart? Uh, for I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man was full of passion. No doubt who ruled in his life. Amen. No doubt who was his Godhead. He was ready to die. And I want to tell you that's the purpose of God. No matter what you think. 
No matter what you're trying to accomplish, uh, the purposes of God, uh, amen, is to shake you. The purposes of God is to bring the sinner to repentance. Uh, and the purposes of God is that he rule in your life. That's all I have this evening. I'd like you to bow your head with me. Close your eye. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.